Welcome to this edition of the God is Your Life broadcast. This is Reverend Mark Slay inviting you to join me for the next few minutes as we get into the Word of God. Deuteronomy 30:20 tells us to love the Lord your God, obey His voice, and to hold tight to Him. For this is your life. I'll be back in a few minutes, but for now, let's listen as I teach from the Word. So Moses writes in the beginning, he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that word God there is Elohim in the Hebrew. It is plural, leaving open the concept of the Trinity. And then you go over later where God is creating the earth, and then he gets down to creating man, and you'll find out that God said in verse 26 of that first chapter, then God said, let us make man in our image, plural leaving again for the New Testament revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make. Let us make. See, God was over and over trying to say that he was not just the only one, that there was someone else who was coming. And he begins in the third chapter to give us an address of this person. The first place you will see Jesus in the scriptures specifically spoken of. Now, we just saw he's in the us. But specifically is in Genesis, that third chapter, when God is speaking to the devil... After the temptation, he says in that 15th verse, and I'm going to put enmity, that means strife, disagreement. I'm going to put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman. And between your seed, that means your descendant, and her descendant. And he, speaking of a man, he, look, he will bruise you on the head. But you'll bruise him on the heel. Notice God immediately begins to give an address of the redemptive Christ. He begins to tell us, first of all, that he's a man, not a she, but a he. Now, the women livers, they get all uptight about that. Well, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to say about it. You don't have anything to say about it. The Christ came as a man. He's the father. He can do what he wants. If you fight against it, all you're doing is fighting against God. It's the facts. You know, and all of your fussing won't change it. That's the way it is. But notice he says it will be a male. And he says he will, he will bruise you on the head, Satan. He's going to give you a mortal wound to the head. But notice the next part. But you, he's going to bruise you. Satan is going to bruise you on the heel. In other words, you're going to have to suffer. Notice this is an a address beginning of Jesus Christ being mentioned in the scriptures. Another place you'll find him. I'm not going to give you every scripture, but let's go through some of them and look at Jesus in the scripture. As God went down through the ages and began to give an address for this person. Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, God is speaking to Moses. And God, through Moses, gives us another address of this person. We again know, we already know he's a man, that he's a male. 15th verse the Lord your God will raise up for you, speaking to the Jewish nation, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, and you should listen to him. Now, let me stop long enough to say something. Notice that Moses calls him a prophet like me. Some of the false religions only recognize Jesus as a man, a minister, and some even go as far to say he was a good man and a prophet. But they do not except the deity of Jesus Christ. 
God, through the scriptures, begins to tell us that he will be both man and God. And also, folks, that just because he's called a prophet does not mean that he is only a prophet. It just simply means that he would come in earth and minister like a prophet would minister. And that he should be listened to like a prophet should be listened to. Not that he would just be a prophet. But he would certainly minister as a prophet. Now look. So he'd be like a prophet like me from among you. So he would be a Jew. I said he must be a Jew. From among you. From your countrymen. And you should listen to him. This is in accordance with all that you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly. Saying, let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God. But, and let me not see this great fire anymore or I'm going to die. See, God manifested himself on that mountaintop. And the people got scared. Verse 17. The Lord said to me, well, they've spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen, like you, Moses. See, a leader. And I will put my words in his mouth. He will speak from God and he will work miracles like Moses. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. Notice it is a he. And it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself am going to require it of him. Well, God is saying there, again, now we know that this man will move in the miraculous. Go over to Isaiah, the seventh chapter. We'll skip down the line. Now, so you know, Deuteronomy was written in about 14 B, 1400 B.C., actually about 1410 B.C. Now, you tell me, just from Genesis, which was written about 1450 B.C., somewhere in there, to Deuteronomy, somewhere around 1410 B.C., you mean to tell me that God could tell us 1,450 years before it ever happened that he was sending his son? Yeah, not only could he, he did. So we come over to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, different scholars, you know, don't know exactly. They, they say that Isaiah was written between 750 B.C. And, and 680 B.C. But the book of Isaiah, an amazing, some of the most amazing detail you will find about the address of the coming Messiah is written in the book of Isaiah. Come and look at some of them with me. Look at the seventh chapter there, and we'll look at maybe three or four. I'm going to save the best till last on this one. But that seventh chapter and the 14th verse, book of Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. Now, if that wasn't prophecy enough, 750 years before it happened, look at the next part. And she will call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So now what do we know more about the Messiah, this Jesus? We know him as Jesus. Well, we know that he'd be born of a virgin. Now, somebody said, would you kindly tell me how that would happen? But you know what happened? Jesus was not the son of the earthly Joseph. He was the son of the Father in heaven. It was an immaculate conception, as we call it. We'll look at that perhaps in Matthew's gospel. That's the first chapter, somewhere around the 23rd verse or so. We can look at it perhaps in a minute. Now, come over again now to the ninth chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah, again, begins to go off and prophesy this. The 11th chapter, another address regarding our description regarding the Messiah. Now, listen to me something about Scripture so you don't miss this. One of the amazing things and laws of Scripture are this. Hear me carefully on this. All Scripture is inspired by the Father, and there is a law of double reference in Scripture. 
which meaning God in his infinite wisdom would be having the person who is speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit or writing under the inspiration of the Spirit, they would be talking about sometimes an immediate need of that person, of that nation, something immediate at their lifetime. But he would also be interjecting in there an inference to many years down the line. For instance, when it talks there about a child being born, you can see that they're talking about some immediate things there in the nation of Israel, but God immediately begins to go off and prophesy 750 years in the future to the birth of the Messiah. It's called the law of double reference of Scripture. It can mean and have an applicable meaning to the nation of Israel at that moment, but he can also be telling you something about the future. So in the 11th chapter, now you have to keep that in mind because if you don't realize that, you may think, well, they're just talking naturally. And they are, but they're also speaking prophetically. Look at the first verse of the 11th chapter. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. Well, do you know what Jesse was? Jesse was the father of King David. God's telling us now that another part of the address of the Messiah, that he would be a descendant of King David. He would be from the root of Jesse. Well, now we know that. He'll spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Remember Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches? He was the initial branch that sprouted and then we are the little branches that sprouted after him. Verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. So this branch must be a him. I said, the branch must be a him. Because he said, a branch is going to shoot forth. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to rest. Well, you know the Spirit of the Lord isn't going to rest on a branch. It's a Him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and He will delight in the fear of the Lord. Notice it is a He. He will delight in the fear of the Lord, and He will not judge by what His eyes see, nor make a decision by what His ears hear. In other words, He would judge by the leading of the Holy Ghost. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. That means his words. Notice he'll strike the earth. This is somebody that's going to have impact over the entire earth. And he will smite or strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. That's just simply his words. And he's done exactly that. And with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also, righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Now, I'm going to skip another scripture in Isaiah and come bring you down to Jeremiah. Isaiah, the next book over is Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, the 5th and the 6th verse. Again, God giving detail regarding this Messiah that would come. Are the scriptures reliable? Well, so far you'd have to say they are. Verse 5 of Jeremiah chapter 23 behold the days are coming declares the Lord when I shall raise up for David a righteous branch notice from the house of David and he would be a branch from which others would shoot forth and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land in his days Judah will be saved he would provide the sacrifice for the forgiveness of men's sin. And Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness himself. The Lord, our righteousness. In other words, 
The righteousness of human beings is not going to be their own. It's going to be his sacrifice. You're never going to earn righteousness before God. You could never be good enough to make heaven no matter how hard you try. He's trying to tell the people even back in the book of Jeremiah that the Lord is going to be your righteousness and provide the way for your righteousness, not you. And boy, that bugs a lot of people because they want to be righteous themselves. They want to show God how righteous they can be and fail miserably. You can't. All human boasting and pride is left out. You accept it on the basis of him being your righteous sacrifice or you don't get it. If you try to do it by your own works, you will never be able to receive Jesus, ever, no matter how much you think you do. Now, Daniel, the ninth chapter, we looked at this, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then Daniel. Daniel, the ninth chapter, the angel appears to Daniel. Just to talk. I hope you enjoyed today's message. The title of the message is, Is the Bible Really the Words of God? If you'd like a copy, you can look us up on the web at mrcstl.org or markslay.org. That's M-A-R-K-S-L-A-Y dot org. Or you can call our office at 314-965-8488. 314-965-8488. Until next time, this is Reverend Mark Slay reminding you, that God is your life. To trust.